Ready Pop Music Changing Lives. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Ready Pop Music Changing Lives podcast. Uh, we've got uh, a couple of members of Team Ready Pop here. I'm Gavin. I'm creative director, uh, one of the founders of Ready Pop, and um, our mission is music changing lives, and that's also what the podcast is about. Uh, we're a charity, been going twenty odd years, and uh, what we try to do is use the the transformative power of music to 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 make a positive difference to people's lives. Uh, so I've got uh, Pete here from Team Ready Pop. Do you want to say hi? Hello. Yeah, I'm Pete. So I've been uh, working with Ready Pop for the last three, four years, primarily on the festival, booking and marketing the festival and other events that the charity have been involved in. Thank you. And Yusuf? I'm Yusuf. I'm Music Programme Coordinator at Ready Pop and uh, I do everything kind of from... Uh, promoting uh, Ready Pop and the work that we do uh, across all of our charitable programmes and uh, supporting our music-specific programmes, artists in Reading, um, and uh, helping with our events programme as well. And we've got two very special guests with us. Uh, we have Tom Hollings from Bill and Ted. Hello, Tom. <laughs> and Stephen Colato from Odyssey. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Hello Ready Pop dudes. <laughs> You're so New York. What we like to talk about is our relationships with music, our relationships with music, and how music has, has changed our lives. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go to you first, Stephen. Really, um, has has music changed your life? How has music changed your life? Well, um, first of all, it changed my life because um odyssey was started as a, a vehicle it was a means to pay the rent back in the bad old days of uh 1977 when new york was uh what was commonly known as the wild wild west uh it was a very dangerous place my brothers and i were teenagers you know but we weren't going to school we weren't doing what we was you know as as sometimes happens when you're a teenager in the meantime we're still eating like men and uh, my mother was like, listen, we've got to do something. Um, and so on that basis, kind of Odyssey was formed. And in, an, in another sort of way, um, it kind of kept us out of trouble because mm. we had something to, to focus on. And, and it ended up becoming uh, New York's anthem, if you like. So it kind of launched our careers. And uh, as I say, it kind of definitely changed my life you know right from the very beginning of it so you were you were kind of a right i i kind of don't know the full story of how how you obviously obviously has been part of your life from 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 early days and now you're the kind of custodian of 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 the band i guess custodian Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> i might borrow that word but actually i kind of think of myself as the steward now Right, custodian sounds much, you know, much, much more important. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I mean, it was founded by my my mother and my aunt, uh, my brothers and I, and uh, we had some side guys who kind of started, you know, just mm -hmm. we used to do the tourist traps around New York. And of course, my brothers and I, we were underage, we weren't supposed to be in these places. But as long as we, you know, sat in the side and you know didn't cause any trouble, uh, cause uh, any of these 
because uh, in, in New York, children cannot be anybody under 18, as was then, are not allowed to be in a place where alcohol is sold. So we were kind of <laughs> really breaking the law by being there. But because our mother was with us, um, you know, these club owners and whatever looked, you know, looked askance. But yes, I mean, that was the, the, the history as it started. And now, I mean, I'm the only original <laughs> remaining member left in the group and there's one other man uh, Billy McEachin who uh, was with the group for some years and uh, he and I are probably the only two left now but the music the music continues absolutely <laughs> thank goodness and you know what's wonderful even doing things like Ready Pop and some of these other gigs that we've done where there are 25 year olds you know who are suddenly embracing music of the late 70s and 80s that means i'm going to be working till i'm 117 years old man. <laughs> yeah we were talking actually before before you came on the podcast um about this popularity of of disco and of odyssey in particular uh with the younger crowd and how your performance is really sought after at these kind of you know the the newer disco um events that are going on mm -hmm. um, and how that's really really resonated with the with the younger people do you have you kind of found that when you've been touring and stuff absolutely i, I mean it's it uh, sometimes it's it's amazing to me where i where I, we we go to these events and things and i i don't mean it in any disparaging way but i kind of think of them as 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 the kitty gigs only in the sense that probably a lot of these young people are young enough to be my children and even grandchildren you know Cause I'm an old geezer, but um, it still warms my heart, you know. And and it it kind of makes sense because when you listen to modern music, there is, I think what 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 has, for better and for worse, what has happened is that the technology has, like so many things, has gone so far, you know. And, and yet the um, the knowledge and the the skills and things. Uh, beyond the technology itself has, has has kind of been left behind a bit so you don't have the 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 level of musicianship or musicians for that matter or singers that you had the abundance of in the in the 70s and 80s um where we had less of the technology so i listen to this modern music now and i think oh i can hear all of the old stuff it's all in there it's all been sampled it's all been and and I'm not like I said for better and for worse some of the things I hear I was like wow they, they can really do amazing things with this technology on the other hand it's like a remix can sometimes be defined as 50 ways to ruin a perfectly good song <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> but it's it makes sense that eventually the youth would, would go back to where it comes from anyway you know well why sample it when maybe I can go actually hear people who can actually play this stuff so i think that's what's been happening and long may it continue <laughs> so, so tom i think he's talking yeah. about you there okay. with, with the remixing although although you know we know you're in a metal band so, <laughs> <laughs> so we know you yeah can play i mean as well. i have to, have to retain some sort of sense of credibility with with what's going on at the moment <laughs> yeah i couldn't agree more with uh the remix statement but, so we uh, didn't we didn't plan to you know it wasn't our grandmaster plan to try and get you on in the week where you're UK number one but I think we should <laughs> should genuinely acknowledge that that's kind of a, an amazing yeah, thank you very much very big, mate. Yes, sir. Yeah. thank you well done. yeah I mean it's, uh, so, so has, has music changed your life 
<laughs> music's always changed my life i mean it's, it's always been the you know a fundamental part of it i mean um i guess through um much in the same way that most people would kind of get introduced to it at quite an early age um my dad is a guitarist has been involved in touring and you know way back when and you know i was raised on good old rock and roll um you know sabbath zeppelin and that was my roots really into um the metal world you know having that upbringing and wanting to learn how to shred and solo and and all that kind of stuff and that was my my sort of route into music and i think what's changed the most for me is actually doing music as a hobby to doing music as a profession makes you take paths that you might not have anticipated taking and you know doing the metal thing it's still very much myself and sam who i work with as well we're very much both metal heads at heart and we'll still go and you know when we're able to go to shows we'll be at every single metal show that we can you know the studios in london we'll be going to see Meshuggah, dillinger escape plan all of these like crazy metal bands and then in the day we'll be you know working with pop the poppiest pop people that are out there and um but i guess what has happened is my appreciation for pop music has changed so much over the last five six years um and you know coming from someone who was i call myself like an elite metalist mark ronston actually did a, a, a kind of interview about this where he calls rock fans rockists and said they're the most like prejudiced fans in the world <laughs> and uh, you know if it's not rock music it's not metal it's bullshit um so to speak so that was his philosophy and i used to have a very similar mentality you know i had mates that were very young that were touring in pop bands and supporting the likes of jls and ollie Murs. i used to give them so much grief i was like you sold out man you sold out you should be playing metal and um <laughs> but now it's like completely flipped on its head and i'm just there like i have a real appreciation for pop music now in a way that i never did before and you know songwriting and the craft and you know how truly hard it is to write the perfect pop song or remix the uh the perfect remix so to speak so. <laughs> the perfect sea shanty <laughs> the perfect sea shanty yeah i mean absolute you know that's an example of just being um very reactive i think and just being very timely and having a vessel um with 220 kid who we did it with you know we produced his last single which went top 10 and you know he's got the platform that it just happened very quickly but stuff like that is just about being quick and reactive i think and I think if we hadn't done it, someone else would have done it a few days later. I think Diplo wasn't far behind and then saw that it popped off and just went, now I'm, I'm out. <laughs> it's funny what you're saying about um, kind of the... I think one of the things that, that means that you can be reactive, though, is that you do have that appreciation of all styles and you can listen to music as kind of like all music. And, and it's perhaps something that maybe picking up on what Stephen's saying and disco and early forms of dance music coming back around and also growing up on... Led Zeppelin and stuff like that myself and having that kind of reflection is is you is that um it's very much a thing now that that young people particularly seem to listen to all sorts even the kids that we have come in and do sessions mm. through our charity work the 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 eclectic mix of what people were listening to sometimes really surprises me you kind of make assumptions about what young people will be listening to and what they'll be listening to exclusively and it's not mm. the case anymore yeah. and you see that in festival lineups as well absolutely I would I would add to that as well that um, I, I mean you mentioned about growing up with Zeppelin and a lot of metal bands etc and stuff, but actually the way that pop radio used to be, we all kind of grew up with uh, with each other's music, but only in the in the in the 
within the pop circles you know so even though i might not have been able to name the bands let's say you know uh if you had the radio on or you were going anywhere at least especially when i was growing up you heard all of this music anyway you heard it you know you knew the you knew the songs and even in my old age um I'm surprised at how much how much music I have actually heard, didn't even realize that I was listening to and even know the words to. It's like, oh my God, how do I I I didn't even like that song. I know the yeah. words to it. <laughs> but you know, music is such a a, a a a part of our existence, as Tom was saying. It's it's just it's just always there. And one more thing I'd just like to add to that. Funny about how uh, Tom was saying about uh, uh, acquiring a taste of sorts for uh, for pop music. Uh, some years ago, I had the uh, exact opposite experience with metal. I had a recording studio uh, in Salisbury, in Wiltshire, where I used to live. Because I've lived in this country a long time. So I built this studio. And it was located in just this area where it was... Oh, I don't know, maybe an hour and something away from everyone. It was a perfect catchment. But the predominant style of music in the area was metal. And I was, you know, kind of like, oh, man, you can't even dance to this stuff or whatever. <laughs> but all of a sudden, um, my studio became very successful because these guys were coming to my place, maybe because of the America. And all of a sudden... This black American brother from New York suddenly became the music, uh, the the metal producer of Wiltshire. You know, <laughs> because um, you know, I, I love because it. I I was a bit detached from it, so I could could be objective with it. But anything that you listen to enough, you eventually understand how it works and you hopefully acquire a taste for it, which I did. So it was very interesting hearing your revelations, Tom, about uh, crossing over to the to the to the <laughs> light side as well I think that's probably why you probably bought something fresh to the sound from a production viewpoint, you know, using your your background. And I think mm. You know, it's. I think it happens, but yeah, it's, you don't really hear of it going the other way. So it's nice to find someone who has. Yeah, <laughs> I love it now. I can also imagine though, just listening to the. You know, when I heard that the Wellerman thing when it started to come out, the the. You know, I think I think that kind of rock sensibility, the understanding that you might get from playing that music, translates into that. You could imagine a full-on metal version of that Wallerman track. It's probably somebody's done one, I imagine. <laughs> There's probably yeah. a dark metal version of it out somewhere. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, yeah, there's there's all sorts of versions of it. But I think the natural progression from metal and rock, very much in the same way, I mean, I take him as another entity, as someone like Skrillex, that, you know, love him or hate him. He, he came from that world of, yeah. um, you know, the rock and metal side of stuff in a band from first to last. And then... I think he, you know, many interviews that he said it was the, he was after a heaviness, which I guess myself and Sam were after the similar sort of thing. And we found it within dance music, um, you know, of actually having a sound system, working out, understanding how the kind of frequencies and the bass frequencies work on a, a decent stereo system and working with it. And it's, it's the kind of closest thing we got to doing a metal show. And well, actually, this music allows you to make a living. It certainly sells a hell of a lot more copies. And, uh, <laughs> It doesn't require huge loading, you know. We work with a lot of DJs, and 
I think that was the main thing is that you can just turn up straight off a plane, plug in, play, and then leave, and yeah. you don't have to worry about lugging, you know, four Lots four by stacks. twelve amps. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's certainly, uh, certainly a more practical um, yeah. way of touring, <laughs> and comes with a lot of positives. So. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to sound check every single drum and cymbal yeah. sound. You just, yeah, yeah, in you go. USB, happy days. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so for sure. Our, our flip side question then is: is how's life? How's life changed your music? I guess you know you haven't been gigging. Have you been making much music? Yes, I actually have. Um, as you may know, that uh, the band was uh, formed by my mom. Uh, well, she was the first lead singer and the founder. Uh, she passed away in 2012. And um, uh, at that same studio in Salisbury, we had started doing some recordings, you know, uh, some stuff that she had written. And I wrote with her and, and remakes of the, uh, the classics, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, after a time, well, as she became a little more ill and stuff it be- and was coming to this country less, um, it, it basically nothing ever really happened with those recordings. Um, but I still had them. Uh, and then, of course, after she passed away, I, 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 I couldn't bring myself to listen to them. It was really difficult. Uh, but the lockdown for all of its uh, evils I think a lot of people can say that it has really uh, forced a lot of us to look at at things, even the most mundane things, very differently. Um, a simple example is I've actually sold my car, you know, just to just to keep the landlady from throwing me out. But um, it turns out. I'm not, I don't really need that damn thing as much as I thought I did. <laughs> you know, when, when you don't have mm. one, you, you make do with it. And now I get out, mm. I walk more, etc. So what I found with those recordings, I couldn't bring myself to listen to them. Um, but I finally had to force myself because I'd cleaned my flat about 157,000 times. <laughs> and that was just in the first month of lockdown. <laughs> Couldn't be any cleaner. <laughs> so I started thinking I have to find other things to do. And I'm going to have to find some motivation and some something, you know, because that's the hardest thing about about uh, being under lockdown and trying to keep some creative creativity going. Is to find the motivation to get up and do something. And so I finally forced myself to listen to these recordings. And what I realized was that I hadn't actually grieved properly because Odyssey is a very world famous band, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then when mom passed away, it was for me handling all of the PR and, and the outpourings of grief and da 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 so that I didn't even give myself the opportunity to deal with my own outpourings of grief as was I just and then the gigs were coming in and so off I was out gigging and touring and the whole bit and I, and years had gone by and I hadn't really given it much thought you know and of course because she passed away in the states um you know there was no uh there was no closure if you like there was no I didn't go to a funeral or anything you know it was just she was just gone so during this lockdown um i have finally come to terms with that grief and found joy in now hearing 
my mom's voice again. I mean, not that I'd ever stopped hearing. I mean, I can't go yeah. into <laughs> Tesco's or Iceland or anything without yeah, hearing yeah, her voice. <laughs> But I mean to say, you know, hearing her in that context. So I've got uh, some new stuff coming out. Shameless plug. But mm. um, uh, a, a new song where I have, you know, just redone everything and I have her vocals and doing remixes. And Something else that Tom alluded to earlier about uh, about realizing, you know, what what's what's possible. It's an old saying that used to go. This was sort of more of a '90s thing, but somebody told me once: you either get with the program or you get out the way. And so that's kind of how uh, uh, the music is changing for me in that sense now i've mm. i've had to learn new ways to work different ways to think about how i do things i've crossed over to the dark side in another way i'm talking to you on an on an on a macintosh computer uh, for me that is the dark side that i have avoided for years welcome welcome but, you know, <laughs> I had phones. we are you know with the program or you get out the way that's that's the way it is i don't like the way they do business but can't argue <laughs> with the kit that they make and so i had to rethink my whole approach to making music and how you and 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 how you go about things and everything else well we run some really good logic workshops if you ever need any help and <laughs> 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 uh, tom how's how's life how's life changed your music um yeah i mean specifically it's over the last year i mean i think um yeah, for me, I kind of consider myself to be pretty lucky in the fact that in comparison to a lot of people with the whole lockdown and, and COVID situation, um, it kind of didn't hasn't really affected me. And I say that in a very grateful manner in the fact that from day one when this happened, um, me and Sam, who I work with, we just sat down and said, listen, let's, we got the studio and let's, you know, let's go to war. Um, let's get our artist project done. Let's you know, try and really break through this next year. Um, you know, whilst a lot of people are going to be in a position where they might chill and take their foot off the gas and, you know, have some time to be um, some introspective thinking and, you know, deal with stuff, which, you know, don't get me wrong, I think is amazing for a lot of people have found that kind of time to address that kind of stuff. But yeah, we just kind of put our foot down really. And um, I feel like it's been pretty beneficial i mean we were in a position that because we do a lot of dance music um a lot of djs got their whole live scene taken away from them and then suddenly the only thing left to do really was power music and so we got a lot busier and mm -hmm. uh, had a lot of people hit us up saying you know we need to finish we need to work um so yeah and i think it's been it's been interesting seeing people around me and friends and how they've been dealing with it i mean my dad for example is a guitar teacher um had to instantaneously almost do the transition from real life in-person teaching to then getting his whole zoom set up and like loop back and adapting to technology and he's yeah. he's pretty good with it anyway but he's you know he's 67 and i think i was really impressed that he just within like a week had managed to switch that system up and do that and um you know so it's, it's amazing watching people adapt around you and um do different stuff but yeah i mean quite honestly i feel very fortunate that I got busier and I had a you know career-wise is a really good sort of year and you know it's put us in a really good position i think of, of stuff to come so yeah very grateful for that 
within i guess as a musician sometimes you can just create create that kind of situation where you can continue to be productive even if you're just kind of working by yourself or you're working in isolation um i know just from my own experience this this last year i've ended up going over and not not quite like steve has, Stephen has but going back over music i recorded in the 90s yeah. to finally finish it you know yeah. running a music charity is kind of and then having twins as well just means that, that my life got very full for a for a very long period of time and and it's just nice to it's been nice to be able to go well actually what am i going to do okay i might as well get what i ended up doing is getting out some dat tapes or finding a dat machine <laughs> oh what i discovered is you only get to play them once and then they break yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so it's just play it record it and then remix it so i was nice. gonna say you might have to explain what yeah. that is to some listeners i was just gonna say man you were going real old school but i haven't heard those yeah. two letters put together in a long time <laughs> So, Stephen, I think we're going to play um, uh, one of your kind of the, the newer versions of "Going Back to My Roots," uh, which is a which is a, an Odyssey classic. Yeah. Um, uh, the one one with your, your vocal on. And I'll go and make a cup of tea so I don't have to hear it again. Thank you very much. <laughs>
see the, the new stuff that you're working on? Do you know when it's coming out? Is yes, it, actually, it's nearly on? finished. Uh, um, you know, there's this picture. I haven't found it in a long time, but it used to be on Facebook a lot with musicians. And it's a picture of... There's this big, huge mixing desk, <laughs> and there's this skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> skeleton just laid yeah, over yeah. the the, the yeah. laid over it, yeah. cobwebs and all sorts, and it's like uh, yeah, nearly finished the mix. <laughs> <laughs> so we can all relate to that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got to find it again and 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 dig it out because that's kind of just where it is, you know. And I and they say you shouldn't keep listening to to your stuff too much because then you you know you you get overcritical and you burn it out. And it is a bit weird doing it in this room here, you know, where I can't always whack it up. That's the other downside about uh about um the lockdown is that everybody's home whereas mm. normally all my neighbors are all out to work during the day or whatever so i can i can whack it up as loud as i like and don't have to worry about anybody now i can i hear things in this flat that i've never heard in the three years prior <laughs> well in, in a few weeks when we when we reopen and we're allowed out you bring it down to bring it down to ready pop studios and you can play loud oh my <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, Tom, we're going to play something new, something new, an unreleased of yours. Yeah. Um, what What are you working on? <laughs> um, so yeah, just a load of the sort of UK sort of pop dance acts. I mean, I guess it's kind of entered a time when we're talking about popular music right now. Is is dance music? I think ten of the ten tracks in the top twenty are dance orientated. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and then we're working a lot on those projects um so there's an artist called ray who we're working with and we're working very heavily on her projects and she's an incredible incredible talent um you know it's a pleasure to work with her there's um, a girl called becky hill as well she was probably one of the sort of only not not only because it writes off a lot of people but one of the most successful contestants to come out of the voice and mm. again has like a powerhouse voice and then yeah just working on our project more um the 220 kid project so yeah lots of just commercial dance stuff right now is is what we're working on and keeping us really really busy and um yeah i mean who knows where where the sort of popular music market is going to kind of venture to next but you know, it's very heavily sample orientated. I think as Stephen was saying earlier, there seems to be a lot of, of samples going on and, you know, a lot of education within music as well. I think, you know, people mm. are finding their way back to the original original samples and you're hearing those sounds come through again. So yeah. it's a great place. Well, thank you. And we'll play out with some Bill and Ted. So this is Satisfied.
This has been our Ready Pop Music Changing Lives podcast. Join us again next time. Thank you. Ready Pop. Music changing lives.